School is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. Hi Kids! My name is Bria Katz and I'm 11 years old. Coming up on Hi Kids today, I'm going to be speaking to the Chief Rabbi, Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein. He is going to talk to us about Pesach, and I will be speaking to him in a little while. So stay tuned. Also on the tongue twister, I ha- also on the show, I have a tongue twister to challenge your mouth, and a car kids riddle to challenge your brain, and you can win a pair of tickets to see the sound of music at Monte Casino. So stay tuned. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest, or if you just want to say hi. The SMS number is 34519 and is charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send me a WhatsApp on 061-895-1019 and please sign your name. You can also call us on 010-140-3020. This is Hi Kids, For Kids, Bar Kids. My name is Broya Katz and I'm 11 years old. Good afternoon, Chief Rabbi. Good afternoon, Bruria. It's great to be with you. Thank you. You too. Okay, so how many? How did the Jews become slaves in Egypt? Um, it's a it's a great question, and I want to say how impressed I am with you that uh, that you you're doing this. This is uh, really amazing. You're so brave to be talking to the whole world, and I'm I'm very happy to be talking with you, you. and to our to our audience out there um, over this time of of Cholamoid Pesach and. Um, your, your questions are good questions. So um, how, how did the Jewish people become slaves in, in Egypt? And I think, you know, it all started, of course, with, um, with, with uh, Yaakov and, and his family. And then Yosef went down to Mitzrayim, down to Egypt. And remember, then he, it was a time of uh, Yosef became um, the second in command only to, to Pharaoh. And then there was a, a time of famine and, and there, was, there was food in Egypt because of Yosef and he interpreted um, Pharaoh's dreams and there was a lot of food in Egypt and they were giving food and the family of Yaakov needed food and remember the whole how they, 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 they met again and then eventually they all moved down to Egypt to be with Yosef and to be where there was, where there was food. And then they, they ended up living there for a, for a while and, um, and from that after, many, after a few generations then eventually a new, a new uh, Pharaoh arose um, and, and the Torah says who didn't know Yosef and didn't remember all the great things that Yosef did for, for Mitzrayim, for the Egyptians, and, and they were afraid, and they then enslaved the Jewish people. So that's, it's, uh, I'm telling it in, a sh- in short form, but that's really a long story, really, in, in the short form about, uh, about what happened. But I'm sure a lot of our listeners must know, really, the, the story of what happened, and Yosef and his brothers, and, and everything like that. Yeah. And what tribe did not partake in the slavery, and why? Uh, it's it, yeah, it's a, it's it's a good question. That you know, the the tribe of Levi um, was was excluded from the uh, from, was excluded from the slavery, um, and uh, you know they they were always involved in in teaching and uh, and learning, um, and eventually they were appointed by Hashem to be a special tribe to work in 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 the base of Mikdash in the temple. We know that Moshe. And Moshe came from the tribe of Levi. Aaron, his brother, also obviously came from the tribe of Levi, and their sister Miriam, and they were the three leaders of the Jewish people. And what is the significance of the ten plagues? Like, why ten plagues? 
Yeah, that's a it's a great question. That you know why why should it be ten? So I think there's a there's a message behind each one. The, the, you know the plagues were not just they they were to to show the power of Hashem and the greatness of Hashem. Um, and uh, but each each one of the different plagues had a different had a different message. Like I'll give you for example, we don't have time to go through all ten, but I'll give you for example um, the first plague, the plague of blood. So the the Egyptians worshipped the river Nile. Um, because which that was the main source of all of the water and all of the life in the country, so it was regarded they had many gods, and one of their gods was the river nile and and so Hashem was showing that he he is greater than than any of the forces and the powers in 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 Mitzrayim, in egypt and um uh, so so he showed that the source of what been source of life is something that that uh, could be turned into a source of destruction and death. And that's just you know one one example, but it's like showing the greatness, growing, showing the greatness of Hashem. Like uh, the 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 plague of the the frogs, the frogs even jumped onto onto Pharaoh and to and into the palace, and they were everywhere. So they were like showing Hashem was showing that he was the master of everybody and everything. And that was one of the main messages of the of the ten plagues was to teach the world about the about that Hashem is there and that he cares and he's interested. And that he's so powerful, and there's nothing more powerful than Hashem in the world. Yeah, that's very interesting. And why were there ten plagues in Egypt and fifty at the sea? Um, you know, so so the sea was was an amazing thing, and that's part of what we celebrate over over Pesach. Is that um, we celebrate uh, two parts of Pesach. We know that we're in Cholamoid at the moment. The first two days of Pesach, we focus on the miracles of of, of the ten plagues. And then the last two days of Pesach, we focus on the miracles of the splitting of the sea. And there were amazing miracles that happened at the splitting of the sea. Uh, so many miracles of, of all different things that occurred. Um, you know, there's, in the Haggadah, there's a whole discussion about how many numbers there were. But what's, what's more important than the, the actual numbers is the fact that, that it was one of the greatest miracles of, of all of Jewish history. And that it says that when they crossed to the other side, they could actually... They could actually see it. They could. They could almost um, uh, understand Hashem in a much better way. They even said the word This is my God, and I will glorify Him. So they could actually. They felt as if they could almost see Hashem, even though you can't really see Hashem. You know. So it's um, very interesting what happened at the at the splitting of the sea. Okay, and in the song Dayenu, we sing in the Haggadah. Only mentions the plague of the firstborns, not the other plagues. Why yes. is that? Yeah. Well, that's a it's a good question. You're asking good questions, and you know what what's so great about about all of this? Pesach is all about questions, and we learn through questions. You know that make it uh, all interesting for us. And um, you know, Dayenu is is a very interesting part of it. I think it mentions that plague more than any of the others because that was the plague that eventually led to the freedom of the Jewish people. Until then, they were still. Uh, subjugated to the Egyptians, and after that, that's when Pharaoh finally let them go. So that was the plague that brought them real freedom at the end. Oh, uh, wow! Okay. Yeah. Um, what's can I ask you a question? Yes. What What's your favorite part of the of the Seder night? Uh, like, what do you enjoy the most? Because I just thought, uh, you know, I'm answering I'm answering all the questions. So I thought maybe I'll just ask you a question. Like, what do you enjoy the most on the Seder night? What What part of it is, is your favorite favorite part? I think I like the four suns. There's always something interesting about it. Always something more to learn, and you like yeah. it's also a lot of fun to do at the Seder. There's also a lot of things going on, plays, 
things to act out when the voice lines come. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And I think what it, it's like a big uh, lesson for, for high kids because, uh, you know, we, we're saying the Seder is all about, you know, the children. And so, you know, high kids is all about bringing the message of, of who we are and what we do and, and uh, what our community is and everything, uh, you know, to the, to the children of our community. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Why did the Jews choose to live in Goshen? Uh, I think it was a, a very fertile part of the country, um, and uh, you know that was you know when they, when they initially settled Yaakov and his family. In fact, you know that Yaakov had the whole discussion with uh, with with Paro, and um, Paro actually offered them. He said, "Listen, he has he has a place for you to he has a place for you to live," and and it gave them a chance to um, to, to to settle, and uh, um, you know it, it also gave them a place that was their own within within Egypt. Um, and uh, you know they brought they brought their cattle, and um, you know so it was it it gave them a place to gave them a place to stay. And I, I you know I think when they came, they didn't realize how long they were going to be there, um, and then they ended up being there for a for a very long time. Yeah, wow! I didn't actually think of that before. I didn't think that they. I always thought they had like a choice. Where do you want to live? Yeah. Out of all the places in Egypt. Yes. And um, why did the Jews cry when Pharaoh died? Uh, 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 that's a it's a, it's a also interesting question. Uh, I I think that my understanding of it is that, that they weren't crying because they were they were sad. They were because we were talking about during the time when Paro was afflicting them, and then a new Paro took over that was also afflicting them. So they were like crying from from the suffering of what what they were going through. You know, sometimes uh, something happens, and then people feel very um, sad and sorry for themselves, and they were really struggling. It must have been so hard for them to be in Egypt and, and be slaves. And, you know, that's why we have the maror on the, on, on the Seder to remind us how hard it was for them. So, um, we, you know, it's just to, to remember, and that's, that's part of the mitzvah on, of Pesach, is to like, think what was it like to be them. And, and I, you know, I want to mention to all, to all the, the children listening out there is that um, you've all got great imaginations, and an imagination is such a powerful thing. It's such an amazing thing that Hashem has given you. So now use your imagination to think what would it have been like to be a slave in Egypt, and then also imagine what would it be like to be freed. Can you imagine the feeling of where you've got to do all this hard work and, and you don't have any freedom, and the next moment you're free? It's like such an amazing, amazing gift. Yep. Hashem brings salvation in the blink of an eye. That's yes. Pasuk that, says. That's right. Excellent, Bruy. I see you, you know lots of things, eh? <laughs> Baruch so, Hashem. <laughs> yeah. Why did the Jews complain that they wanted to return to Egypt? Um, so, so this is also, you know, um, what, what was so interesting about how they, they left Egypt um, that they got frightened on the way. You know, when they came to the edge of the, the, of the, of the Yamsuf, of the the Sea of Reeds, um, they they got frightened. They saw the sea in front of them. They uh, they saw the Egyptians behind them. They they then complained to Moshe and they said to Moshe, uh, you know, why have you taken us out? We're now going to die in the desert. And um, even though they'd seen the ten plagues, but they they panicked and they got afraid. And that's also part of what it is to be a human being. Sometimes you feel afraid in the world. And um, what Hashem said, um, you know, to them is that he the message from Hashem is that he's looking after them, and that's. What I wanted to say to all of the children listening today is sometimes you feel afraid and uh, then the idea is to, um, you know, to think that Hashem is looking after you and that no matter what we go through in life, Hashem will always look after you. Yeah, that's very important, I think.
Um, and why did Das and Aviram merit to be freed from in- Egypt? They were Rishayim. They caused a lot of trouble for Bnei Israel in the future. So why couldn't they have died with the rest of the Rishayim in in the plague of darkness? Yes, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I haven't really thought about that question before. Um, I think sometimes, you know, uh, Hashem, in our lives in this world, uh, we, we go through challenges and they're difficult people and difficult situations and it's not always easy. And, and so, but what Hashem wants us to do is to try hard and to do well and to overcome obstacles. And then we get even more reward for overcoming the obstacles. So Moshe's life was made difficult by Dasam and Aviram. And, uh, but that was all part of the challenge of being in the desert and being able to become great through the difficult moments we have in life. We have an opportunity to become really great. And so, when, you know, whenever some, you know, if you're going through something difficult in your life, I'm saying to all of our, you know, the children listening out there today, uh, if you're going through some difficult situation in your life, think that this is an opportunity from Hashem to become an even greater person. Wow. So you're saying that they were, they, merit, they didn't really have a merit to go free, but it was part of Moshe's. Yeah. Test. Uh, yes, it could be. Look, the, the truth is, it's a great question. Ruria, I'd never thought of the question before. So, like, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, off the cuff, and it's just an idea that occurred to me. I haven't seen it written in one of the sources, but it just, to, to me, I, you know, I think that makes sense. But I'm, so I'm just putting it out there as a potential, a potential answer. Sometimes, you know, um, even, uh, even chief rabbis don't have all the answers. And, uh, and, and, and I think that's important because Torah is so great and so, and so beautiful and so deep. Sometimes there are things we, which we can have, which is just a good question. And yours is a good question. And I'm, I'm suggesting that as an answer. Maybe it's not the, you know, the answer, but it's just an idea that I wanted to, you know, to share and to suggest. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Let's take a quick break with a song and we'll be right back. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is Kha Kids, Four Kids, Ba Kids. My name is Maria Katz and I'm 11 years old. Before we carry on with our interview, I'm going to remind you what the tongue twister is. Snap, crackle, pop. And I have a tongue a Kids riddle to challenge your brain. What is more, more useful when it is broken? Send your SMS to 34519 or WhatsApp to 061 895-1019 and you can win a pair of tickets to see The Sound of Music and Monte Cassino. You can also call on 010-140-3020. I have the Chief Rabbi, Rabbi Dr. Warren Goldstein in studio with me. If you have any questions for him, you can send... Let's, let's carry on with the questions. Why are there two Sadarim outside Israel and one inside Israel? Um, so, uh, so that's um, that. You know, that goes back a long way in 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 history. Um, when in fact, um, the, you know, in the Torah, there's the there is one day Yontif and there's one Seder in the Torah. That's what's mentioned in the Torah. And then we also have a um, uh, the, the the idea that. Um, the, the, the new moon, where, which, which starts off when we know the, the, the dates of Yontif, because Yontif comes out on the 15th of Nisan. So where does the month of Nisan begin? It begins on, on the 1st of Nisan. When does, that's when the new moon appears for the first time. And, but they had to, they, they took that with, with witnesses who saw it. 
and then they had to notify everybody. And sometimes the messages took a long time to uh, to get to the people living outside of Israel. So they they made it an extra day because they often weren't sure which day uh, which day it was. And then that was always the custom. So we keep that custom, and that's um, and that's what we, we we keep to this day. Rabbi Samson Rafael Hirsch, one of the great commentators, explains that it's also about reminding us. That Hashem, you know, wants us, you know, wants us to connect with Him, and on on Yontif we 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 connect with Hashem, and it's an opportunity to meet up with Hashem. Okay, um, and should one check their car during Bidikas Chometz? Yeah, yeah. The 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 the, the halacha is that you have to check for Chometz anywhere where you normally bring Chometz in. So if if uh, sometimes you bring into your car snacks and. Uh, chocolates or biscuits or anything like that. So then you would you would have to check because that's a place that you bring food. I'm sure people you know always bringing. I'm sure uh, all the kids out there are, are often bringing snacks with them in in the car, your sandwiches or whatever. So definitely need to check uh, you know your car for chometz. But now of course it's uh, it's already the you know we already started Pesach, but that was the mitzvah before Pesach started to properly check it. Yes, yes. Um, so you would not necessarily have to check it during Bidikas Chometz just before? No, you check it during Bidikas Chometz. Also, okay. B- yeah, Bidikas Chometz because that's on the night before Pesach. Okay. Um, and what is kidneys and why do some people not eat it? So this is a, a custom taken on by Ashkenazi Jews, which is um, the vast majority of the community here. And that is um, th- there's certain, uh, certain uh, kinds of... Um, uh, uh, grains and um, and vegetables, which um, uh, which are, are, can be confused with chometz, and so we took on a custom for a, a long while ago, really not you know not to have it like rice, for example, is uh, would, would would be an example of of, of kidneys. It's not real chometz because real chometz is from the Torah, which is only the five species of grain, which is wheat, barley, oats, spelt, and rye. Uh, all the other kinds of grains are not uh, technically chomets, um but the kidneys is made up of certain species where where they, where they, where it was often uh, mixed in with chomets, and so we took on the custom you know not to have it so as not to confuse it with the real thing okay yes that's interesting hey I never knew that um and what is gebracht and who eats it Okay, that's a that's another custom. You see, people some people have different customs. Um, you see, with with uh, with chometz, um, what happens with chometz is that the definition of chometz is when when you've got flour and water that go that come together from one of the five grains, and then the, the water is on the flour and it stays together for more than eighteen minutes. Then it becomes it rises. And uh, and ferments and then it be- that becomes chometz. If you bake it before eighteen minutes, then it stops it and it doesn't become chometz. Okay, and that's what matzah is. Matzah is baked within eighteen minutes of the flour and the water coming in contact um, with each other. Uh, Gobrochts is a custom that some people have that even after the matzah is baked, they won't let matzah come in contact with any liquid. Um, but you know, um, mostly. Um, in terms of the the halacha, water can come in contact with the matzah, but some people have an extra custom just to be extra strict uh, for Pesach that they don't allow it. But um, most people most people don't have that custom. Uh, but on Pesach, there are all kinds of customs because everyone is so careful. They don't want any any potential problem for chometz at all because everyone's being so careful. Oh, I see. So they would like eat it out of a, p- a paper bag or a plastic bag. Yes. Okay. Um, and what is the Mashiach soda? So, so right at the end of right at the end of of Pesach, 
uh, some people have the custom to have uh, wine and uh, four cups of wine and matzah and um, um, to to as a time to think about the coming of Mashiach and to ask Hashem for the coming of Mashiach. Um, because Pesach is a time of redemption. It's a time of Geula, redemption for the world. And that means for the world to be saved. And the thing that we're really waiting for is that Hashem will save the whole world um, and, and take us to a much better world uh, with the coming of Mashiach. That's something that we, we hope and we daven for and we expect every day. We think the Mashiach could come any day. Um, and, uh, and, but, but especially during Pesach and the month of Nisan, which is a month of miracles and redemption. So it's a time to think about the coming of Mashiach and to ask Hashem for it. Wow. Uh, my mother mentioned something about the Mashiach, so I was like, what is that? So I thought I'd ask you about okay, that. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, and what is the significance of it? Well, no, it's that, you know, I think what's an important thing for all of the, um, you know, children out there to think about is that, uh, when Mashiach comes, the world's going to be a much better place and much nicer place. And, um, uh, it, you know, Hashem will rebuild the, the base of Mikdash and, uh, the temple. And, and there's going to be, it's going to be a, a beautiful time for the world. And everyone's going to know Hashem and, uh, and, and, and recognize Hashem. And it's going to be such a beautiful time for the world. And we're waiting for that. Uh, the Gomorrah says it's a, ve- it's a very important mitzvah to wait for the coming of Mashiach and to, and to want the coming of Mashiach and to, you know, and to realize that Mas- the Mashiach could come any day. Yeah. You have to believe in Mashiach, definitely. Um, why do we eat matzah on Pesach? It's to believe that, it's, uh, it's to believe that Hashem will bring the Mashiach because ultimately the redemption doesn't come from the Mashiach. The redemption comes from Hashem. Um, so just to, to, just to clarify that, um, so you're saying, why do we eat? Matzah on Pesach. Uh, so matzah, um, you know, is, is, uh, is a reminder that Hashem took us out of Egypt and that, um, it's, it's a reminder that Hashem took us out of Egypt and that, uh, he, he redeemed us from Egypt because when we, when we left Egypt, we were eating matzah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, why did Hashem make it a rush for us to leave Egypt so that the bread wouldn't have time to rise? Um, so it was also to show us that Hashem was in control. We didn't, we didn't save ourselves. Hashem saved us. That's how Rabbi Hirsch explains it. That Hashem saved us. So, so the fact that the, um, the fact that the, the, um, the, the bread didn't have time to rise was showing that we didn't control the way we, we left it. We just left when Hashem said. And, and, you know, also in Egypt, they ate, they ate the matzah where they were often in a rush to go to, to work, to work as slaves. So the, the matzah was also the bread of slavery. So Rabbi Hirsch says the bread of slavery becomes the bread of freedom in, in the same moment. Because it shows that while we were in the middle of the suffering, Hashem redeemed us immediately. So we, we always remember that it was Hashem who saved us. We didn't save ourselves. Wow, that's nice thought. So that you act, they actually ate the matzah in Mitzrayim, not just when they came out. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, that's what we also say at the beginning of the Haggadah. This is the bread of affliction. But look, the, the real reason we eat matzah is because Hashem told us to, you know, and we do whatever Hashem asks us to do. Um, but Hashem also likes us to go into the reasons for things so that we can understand it, understand it a little bit better. Okay. Um, and why do we drink four cups of wine? Um, so that also is about we eat, we drink that at the seder um, in order to remember the different uh, ways that Hashem saved us and um, 
uh, you know, the four cups of wine is a way of celebrating and giving thanks to Hashem. And we, and we have the four cups of wine on four separate mitzvahs during the Seder. The first is the Kiddush, when we, when we make the Kiddush on the, the beginning of the Seder. The second is when we tell the story of the going out of Egypt. The third is on the benching, when we thank Hashem for the meal. And the fourth is the Hallel. So the four cups are linked to the four mitzvahs that we, that we do at the, at the Seder. You've got a lot of good questions, hey? Thanks. I'm very Thanks. impressed with all your questions. You're keeping me on my toes here. I have to think fast. Well done, Bruria. Thank you. Uh, and so all of our, all everybody has just finished their sedarim. Maybe they don't know, but they've just had like the funnest seder of their lives. What do you remember as the funnest seder of your life? Oh, that's a good question. I know, you know, that... Um, I always used to enjoy um, seders as a as a child. You know, I've got um, two brothers, and we all you know together at the at the seder. I remember going to a seder at my grandparents' house and enjoying that, and having a chance to say the the sing the manishtana and have a chance to share different ideas at the seder. So I remember, you know, I don't remember like one seder more than another one, but I, but I do remember that I always loved the seder as a child, and I think that's the beautiful thing about Pesach is that children love the seders, and that's that's what the seders are meant to be. They're meant to be a place um, where that children can really enjoy the experience. Yeah, well, I definitely love the seders. I don't know if anybody else does, but I definitely do. Four cups of wine. What could be better? Yeah, it's a lot of fun and a chance to ask questions and answer questions and, uh, and that's the beautiful thing about Pesach and that's why, you know, when, 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 when Chai FM, uh, wrote to me to ask me to, to, to join today and to come and answer your questions, I was so excited to come because, uh, I really want to talk to the children of our community because Pesach is a special time to talk to the children of our community and I wanted to say to all the children and parents who are listening out there, you know, that Pesach is such a special time for, for, for families. And, uh, you know, I hope that you've had a wonderful Pesach and there's still, you know, some more days of Pesach ahead. And then there's the Yontif coming starting on Thursday night and Friday and Shabbos is, you know, will still be part of the Yontif finishing on, on Motzei Shabbos on Saturday night. So um, it's such a beautiful time and I love it. I love the time with, you know, with my children and uh, love the Yontif together. It's just the best to, to spend time together on, on Yontif. Um, when we're all together with, with other members of the family and friends, and it's just, just Yontif is absolutely the best. Yes, it is. Um, thank you for coming on Chai Kids and teaching us about more about Pesach. And I think I speak for everyone when we say that we have a brilliant chief rabbi. Thank you, Bruria. That's so kind of you. Everyone, enjoy the rest of Pesach.